Izzy. And I'm Tori. And you're listening to Conceptual, Conceptual Chaos. Chaos. And this is episode eight. This week, we'll get the business out of the way at the end of the episode. But first, we have a special segment for all you February lovers out there. <laughs> <laughs> we decided to call this segment Cupid's Calling. And so the gist of this segment is every episode in February, we're going to introduce you to two singles, one man, one woman. <laughs> and um, it, they're gonna, we're going to interview them a little bit, ask them a few questions, give out their Instagram page. So if you're interested and you're looking for somebody to spend February 14th with or just hang out with, go ahead and give them a follow on Instagram. Send them a DM. Let them know that you're interested. And don't be shy, guys. These people are very courageous for doing this. Yeah. So you already got that going. You're not going to be hooked up with no wuss. We made a very strategic little plan here. So we asked them a bunch of questions. And just so you guys can fill out their personalities and see if there's somebody that you might have something in common with, then you can go and hit them up. Um, so our first contestant on Cupid's Calling. Your name is? Javier. Last name? <laughs> uh, Capetillo. Capetillo. Yeah. And um, how old are you, Javi? I'm 32. About 32. to be 33. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Next month. Oh, okay. What's your, what's your birthday? This uh, month? No. Oh. Next month on the 10th. So you're an Aquarius? Yes, correct. Oh. He's an Aquarius. Yeah. I'm an Aquarius as well. So while Tori, Tori's going to look up something called your birth chart. Do you know what time you were born? 5.50? In the morning? Friday? No. PM? At night? Okay. At night, yeah. oh. She's going to look up your birth chart to give a little bit more detail yeah, I have about mine. I have mine. I have my, uh, what they call it? I forgot what they like call horoscope? it. Like horoscope? Yeah. That, you're like birth like chart? The, yeah. You're like rising sign, your moon. Yes, all okay. that. Oh, okay. But I think there are two. There are they have the the lunar and the other one that I oh yes the solar yeah. Okay, she's gonna. So look I that can up. provide that. Okay, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I just like that. to look it up. To I don't know. I just like to look it up. Just it's interesting. Yeah. Um, it says a best match for an Aquarius is often a Gemini. So if there's any Gemini's out there. Wow. Watch out, because they're two-faced, though. <laughs> we can handle it. Aquariuses are... Well, in a, in a good sense, right? Yeah. yeah. Aquariuses are very free spirits. And, you know, it says, who should an Aquarius marry? And either a Gemini, a Libra, or a Sagittarius. Oh. Yeah. So that's interesting to know. Yeah. But So you said you knew a little bit more about your horoscopes. I'm interested. What do you yeah. have to say about your... Uh, well, I've studied a little bit, but uh, so far she's right. The, mm -hmm. I'm more compatible with the Libras or, or uh, the Sagittarius. Or, yeah. yeah. They're chill. Um, but uh, also, if you're kind of like balanced, well, mm -hmm. my, my sign, that I, it's like you're really good at it. I mean, you can get along with any kind of people. In, yeah, in we're social sign. people. But uh, on the other hand, if you're not kind of like aligned, mm -hmm. per se, right, uh, you're, you're going to have like a turmoil and yes, difficulty. mm -hmm. yeah, difficulties yeah. and all Would that. you consider yourself like a free spirit? Yes. Okay. Oh, cool. But I'm, I'm an open-minded uh, man. Uh-huh. 
when any when it comes to any any aspect of my life. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, that's that's good. good to know. Yeah. A lot of people are like, you know what? I'm trying yeah. to find people like me. Yeah. If you're not like me, you're out the door. No, 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 no. Okay. You're open I'm a, to I'm a type of well, um, second opportunities. Oh, okay. Oh, forgiveness. Nice. Yeah, and all forgiveness that. and all that. Yeah. Cool. I mean, don't be too course, forgiving. No, no, no. But of course, <laughs> I mean, like, I understand, but I believe that okay, if that person is, you know, like, uh, okay, forgive me. I'm not gonna do it again. Uh, however, uh, I think actions or mm -hmm. time kind of speak a little bit. Yeah, actions yeah. speak okay. louder than words. Yeah, yeah. for sure. In, in, in a way. Oh, that's good to know. So yeah. you're a reasonable person. Yeah. I okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. Okay. What kind of food do you like? And where would you take your date to go eat? I like Armenian food. I like uh, uh, lamb. Mm -hmm. I like uh, Mexican food, Italian uh what else i like i like chocolate dark chocolate uh mm -hmm. i don't really really like sweets okay but i'll eat them right? oh, okay ice awesome. cream so healthy uh, foods technically yeah, yeah. Are all, that's yeah. good uh, some sometimes i try to eat like organic mm. yeah not all the time but yeah i try to uh, that's good what was the, the or what second? would you take your date out to go eat um uh, if you decide to take your date out to eat, right? Yeah. We just kind of assume that you guys would go eat somewhere. <laughs> well, I have some places, okay. but uh, you you'll find places. They'll yes. find out. Okay, okay. okay. Out. If you're interested, I mean, yeah. gotta hit up Javi on that right. Instagram. <laughs> um, where do you live? I or, live in Pomona. So fairly close to um the well, it's in the IE pretty yeah. much. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, if like you guys, away. yeah, okay. if you guys are interested in local people, I mean, he's pretty local. One is not that far away. And I like to drive. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. He's open to driving. Yeah. All right. <laughs> For the sake of, hey. For the sake of love. love. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, do you smoke or do you drink? No, I don't. Neither. Well, no, 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 I don't. Okay. But uh, let's say I go to a party, right, and then. They'll give me like a, a cup of wine. I'll drink it just once, but I don't. I don't really like it. Okay. Yeah, I don't consider myself to be an alcoholic nor uh, a smoker. A smoker. Yeah. Is it a deal breaker if the person that you're with does? Uh, to an extent. Okay. okay. Yeah, I like to be honest. In yeah, moderation. Extent, yeah, moderation. Okay. What do you do for fun? I read. Okay. Yeah. Um. I like to. Uh, go to the movies um hiking i like um mm, long walkings okay yeah. you do more outdoor activities yeah. do you think yeah. more so you like to be productive both, both. Okay. i try yeah that's nice yeah okay yeah even the the ridiculous uh, <laughs> things right yeah open to ridiculous activities zip lining yeah, yeah. and crazy stuff yeah okay <laughs> all right yeah. that's awesome um, how do you feel about public displays of affection? Are you for it? Are you against those? I'm neutral. Neutral? Okay. okay. It's all about the mood, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay, so we have this crazy scenario for you. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you ask we go. it, Tori. <laughs> okay. You go to a restaurant and uh -huh. the server is taking 20 minutes and still hasn't taken your order, but mm -hmm. you see that she's stressed or running around looking and she's waiting on all a bunch of other people. How do you react? Well, 
I would talk to uh, the manager. Okay. First of all. Okay. Uh, you know, I gotta inquire what's what's the issue. Okay. What's delaying my order? Mm -hmm. However, if I can get like I don't know an ice cream or something to drink, I probably request that. Okay. While I'm waiting for my food. Okay. And then try to uh, uh, I don't know, talk about anything. Okay, past time. Past time, yeah. All right, but you'd still stay there and hold off. Yeah. Okay. Just to reason to see what's yeah, going depending on. on the time if, because if it's the rush time, yeah, that's when it's you yeah. gotta yeah. wait a little bit. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um so what are you looking for in a person? Uh um responsibility. I most likely like women that are uh self dependent, uh mature, uh what else? Um confidence you said mature yeah can you elaborate yes so for instance right so let's say she's got a boyfriend or a husband whatever and then they just break up like two weeks ago or a year ago three months right mm -hmm. sometimes uh depending on the how they they talk or they speak right mm -hmm. you kind of determine if she get over mm, him i know what you're right. saying mm, yeah, i get so, that it's a good one yeah how they handle the re how they react to the breakup a person yeah. that is educated not necessarily like oh you gotta have a master's degree or phd but you know like people that you know that when it comes to a subject for instance right mm -hmm. that's going way too much like politics right at least to have grounds mm -hmm. when it comes to a debate or argument mm -hmm. so right? be informed about informed, what yeah about. Okay. yeah no drama at all so no toxic people not toxic people. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. had a whole episode yeah, on yeah, that yeah, so yeah. Mm -hmm. um what do you see yourself in five years i see myself with my own business okay uh of course in school um and then having my own my own house my own yeah okay. for me a better car and all that those are nice schools yeah so what is your worst quality that you would say uh i think procrastination okay in the sense that i feel sometimes that uh i got this i know how to do it and i'm like waiting 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 but at the moment i'm like oh snap it's time to do it <laughs> and I have no time. <laughs> Sometimes I'm working on it because you know, that implies like uh, discipline or responsibility. So that's one of the things. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But if I really want something or wanted to do something, I'll do it. Yeah. I'll okay. do I'll take the effort. Yeah. All right. So time management, do you feel like you're somebody who's late? Do you think you're on time or would you consider yourself somebody that go, comes early to events or whatever it is that you have planned? Yeah, before I used to be late. Now I'm working on it, so I'm improving. Okay. Yeah. So I just like to ask that question. There's nothing yeah. wrong with yeah. being late or being yeah. early, but yeah. I was telling Grizel that would be an interesting question to ask yeah. because some people are yes. early to everything. Some people are in between. It depends. Yeah. Depends on what it is. So. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And in this case, you just said that you you procrastinate a lot, but you're working but on you're it. But you're working on yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. So, so it kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah. 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 
Okay, so um, vacation spot. <laughs> so let's just say the lucky lady reaches out to you. You guys become an item. She becomes your bae. Uh-huh. Where do you take your bay on a vacation? <laughs> what kind of scenario is the ideal vacation for you? Uh, probably out of the country or uh, Yosemite Park. I like Yosemite Park. Okay. Or Santa Monica, Santa Barbara, uh, even Malibu. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. So yeah. again, outdoorsy. Outdoors. Yeah. You're more of an outdoorsy yeah. person. Yeah. Okay. Do you have kids? I do. Do you want more kids? I'm open to it. Yeah. Okay. So that's something that we have to talk about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. On yeah. a date. Okay. okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so here's another crazy scenario for you. You're snowed in with your date. What do you do to pass the time? <laughs> I know. I know when she asked that, I was like, kind of question. Because, I, you know, like a lot of people come up with creative ways. What you if know? the date's bad? That's you're going to be stuck I mean. with this person. Or is it something that like you're a positive person and you're just going to be like, you know what? You stand on that corner and I'll stand on this corner. Like, no, open no, to no. Open to, yeah. I'll be open. You'd be open to just yeah. see what happens. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> don't laugh. There's food in your date's teeth. Do you tell them? Yes. <laughs> it makes you think, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't tell them. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Tori doesn't Because I get embarrassed, so I, I just don't tell them. Tori gets embarrassed if somebody tells her that there's something in her teeth. But she tries to not embarrass other people, so she. Yeah. But you're doing them. the right no, thing. I, I, I've, <laughs> done, I've done it before, but in the sense that you know, oh, like I don't want you know, like embarrass you. Embarrass you, like, you know, in a respectful okay. way. Yeah, it all depends how you approach people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're doing the right you thing, by the way. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I think so too. I talk to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Last question: How family oriented are you? I keep my values. I was raised in a mm, kind of like a conservative uh, household, okay. right? But I'm like neutral when it comes to that. I'm okay. like, okay. I don't really. So you make time with your family and then you yeah, have time for yourself. For myself, but... yeah. I have a strong, really good, good relationship with my mom, my dad, and my, my siblings. Yeah. That's cool. And you know what they say, ladies, if a man can keep a good relationship with their mom, <laughs> mm-hmm. they're. Yeah. It's a good sign. And I have the evidence, right? (laughs) He's got the receipts. (laughs) Paperwork. Yeah. This one's random, but do you have any jokes? If not, it's fine. No, I don't. Okay. I don't do, I don't, I'm not good with jokes on the spot. Yeah. So that's fine. That's okay. Well, there you have it, people. That was Javier Capatillo. Do you like to be called Javi or just Javier? Javi, Javier, either or. Okay, he's gonna be on our Instagram page under Javier Capatillo. And if you're interested, you can reach out to his Instagram at Y-A-H-S-I-S-I-E-L underscore 33. So give him a follow. And give him a heart if you wanna give (laughs) him a heart. (laughs) Like his, I like that. I definitely like that. Okay. 
You want to say anything else to the ladies? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. I'm just waiting for them. Yeah. <laughs> He's waiting there for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. awesome. Well, good luck. We yeah, hope and thank you. you for joining us in this segment. For our female version of Cupid's Calling, we have... Did I say my name? Yeah. Laura. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and uh, how old are you, Laura? I am 27. 27. That's a good age. Yes. You made so it So far, so that. good, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. And what is your birthday? Uh, December 21st. So I am a Sagittarius. Ooh. I know. Do you want to look up her yes. birth chart? What Do you know the time you were born? No. Uh, no. Somebody had asked me not that long ago, and I was like, I think I have my birth certificate. But then I remember my mom's, like, a mom of, like, 700. And <laughs> <laughs> I we lost that a long time ago. Oh, no. Okay. okay. Well, I looked up your most compatible signs for Sagittarius. And it says, um, which is weird, fellow Sagittarius, Aries, and Leos. Okay. Have you dated any of those? Um, I dated another Sagittarius, and it was really um, toxic. Oh, okay, maybe go the <laughs> but I mean, then. I'm not complaining. It was fun. It says, who should a Sagittarius marry? An Aries. So any Aries men out there? Interesting. So if you're an Aries man, reach out to Laura. All right. So we have some a few questions so that people could get to know you. Um, what kind of food do you like? Um, I love Italian food. Mm. I am a sucker for pasta and I get shitted on because I love Olive Garden and they're like, it's not real <laughs> Italian food, but it's so good. Those breadsticks, man. I'm telling yeah, you, good. their sauce is like to die for. I love it. I introduced Tori to pink sauce. Do you know what that is? No, what is it? When you die. <laughs> when you mix marinara with Alfredo sauce. It's the best thing the ever. first time I ever tried it was at Olive Garden, and I fall in love. And Stop. I actually think yeah. I'm going to Olive Garden tonight with my sister. It's so, so I'm going to try, try it. it. <laughs> Just ask for a side of it. It's so Tom, so it They mix bowl. it? Oh, yeah. they mix it for you? Mm -hmm. Okay. It's the best thing ever. You're never going to want to eat either one alone again. Oh, my God. Yeah. Calling them now, like, get it ready. <laughs> get the pink sauce ready. Um. So where are you from? Where do you live? Uh, I was born in Pomona. I grew up in Montclair. Um, I was there, I think, until like I turned 19. Um, now I live in Rancho with my two cousins. Nice. Oh, okay. Do you smoke? Do you drink? I drink. I don't smoke. And I don't do any hard, you know, <laughs> stuff. Um, <laughs> so it's pretty much just drinking. Okay. What's what your you favorite drink? Uh, I like tequila. So pretty much any type of tequila. Um, and I think I can like drink beer, like no problem. I hate mixed drinks. If anybody tries to come and offer me a mixed drink, I'm going to judge you. So why haven't you brought her around? Oh, I know. She's a lot of fun. Tequila is like mm -hmm. my poison and I... nobody ever wants to hang out because I drink tequila. I love it. And then my friends get really mad because I'm like, take a shot. You're fine. Take a shot. Oh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a fucking pusher and it's fine because everybody ends I'm up a having a really good night. I'm a pusher, Katie. I push people. <laughs> So what do you do for fun? Uh, I hang out with my dog. If you guys could see, I'm actually wearing a shirt of my oh. dog. <laughs> Tomorrow's oh, no. his birthday. Oh. Um, let me see. Hang it's out with my sister. <laughs> Dude, isn't it? Yeah. I died. My brother got it for me. Ronnie got it for me. Is that his name on top? <laughs> yeah. It's, my dog's name is Todoroki. Oh. <laughs> the love of my life. He is a cutie. 
Um, yeah, I'll hang out with like my family. Um, I watch anime. Um, that's pretty much it. Catch up on the TikToks that like Tori sends me, my friends <laughs> send me. That's it. Okay. Um, how do you feel about PDA? I am not a touchy feely person unless I'm drunk. When I'm drunk, I will hug everybody, but I don't like my Tequila hands. Tequila tends to do that. Yeah. Too. Huh? <laughs> I think that's why I like it so much because I'm so like standoffish. So when I drink, I'm just like, come in, bring it in. Yeah. <laughs> Take advantage. But, yeah. PDA is not, it has to be in like the right situation. Okay. Like don't Tasteful. try. Yeah. Don't yeah. like jump me right when you see me it's gonna be an issue you don't want to be like smothered basically. yeah okay um okay so we're gonna give you a scenario okay how would you handle this you go to a restaurant and the server has taken 20 minutes and still has not taken your order but you see that she's running around and is stressed out um how do you handle it um I'm definitely not one of those people that are like oh I need to be waited on right here right now I feel like I'm super understanding, especially because, like, I know that you were a server at Applebee's. Um, KK, which is my other sister-in-law, is a server. So I just kind of, like, no, it's okay. Like, they're they're dealing with it. It's fine. If they were to come to my table, like, after so long, and they were, like, really rude about it, that's when I would be like, okay, no tip. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what do you call it? I feel like I, I'm super understanding. I don't really care. Okay. I came up with this question. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> I just like to see how people react to things. No, yeah. My biggest pet peeves are people that are rude for no reason. Yeah. Like, it's true. just super like, irritating. It's not, it's not that person's fault. Yeah. Either. I got a little Caesar story that I'll tell later on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking for in a person? Uh, I am looking for somebody that is ambitious. I'm definitely put off by people that are lazy or just like to stay at home all day and smoke or don't have a car that's pretty important you need to be able to get to me no problem and has goals I feel like that's really important to me right now ever since I like I feel like after 25 I'm just like you have to have something going for you Mm -hmm. um someone that's funny that loves my dog and as much as you and wears yeah, a shirt with him on it yeah someone that gets along well with my family because that's really big my family's gonna talk shit so someone that's like okay with it and just you know can dish it out yeah it's fine um and I guess just someone that has like a good attitude about things especially because sometimes I can be kind of moody mm-hmm. so definitely someone that's just like it's okay you'll be fine Calms you know? you down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need that too. We were just talking about that earlier this week. When you asked me what my love language was, I'm like, I don't know. I get bitchy sometimes, and you need to just be cool. Yeah, yeah. no, there would be times when I'm just like, like I'll yell for no reason, and then even I have to be like, where the fuck did that come from? Like, calm down. <laughs> where do you see yourself in five years? Um, I i'm hoping that i get a better job i recently just got a new job and it's going pretty well so if i could move up there um i'm hoping by then i could you know i right now i live with my cousins i would love to like get like a house or something with them just kind of like see through some of my goals i don't want to say them out out loud because then people are gonna be like oh my god so stupid (laughs) no that's (laughs) fine what do you call it that's something you could talk about on your date yeah Yeah. right (laughs) um 
yeah, I don't know. I guess just like see through my goals, make sure um, my dog has like his own little playroom. <laughs> his own room. <laughs> Something that I Love really that. want. And that's it. Um, what is your worst quality? <laughs> this is like a job interview question. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm too tidy. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm a perfectionist. I know. Um, I love too hard. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know. I feel like sometimes I can be a really big pushover, but then at the same time, like I'm very pushy. So it's like if someone tells me like, oh, I'm really like, I really want to go do this. I'm like, okay, well, go do it. Yeah. Right, go do it. And then when they tell me, I'm like, shut the hell up. Mind your business. Um, now I feel like my worst quality is just kind of like um, – my attitude sometimes like I'm really like mean for no reason but then see I say that but then I also feel like I'm really nice too <laughs> balance yeah it's a good balance though you're human I mean if you get yelled at and like five seconds later I'm like okay buy me food <laughs> time management do you consider yourself somebody who's late on time or early um anybody and everybody that knows me knows that I'm late to everything (laughs) that's okay you have to tell me a time like an hour in advance uh that it's gonna start so if something starts at seven tell me it starts at like 5 36 (laughs) and then i'll be there at eight so it's i'm terrible at time management so i feel like if someone's gonna deal with me they have to be okay with being late that's okay that's kind of why we ask it though yeah Yeah. because some people it doesn't bother them and other jeff your brother is oh, God. early to everything, and then I get mad because I'm like, we're the first ones here. I couldn't even be fashionably late if I wanted it's to. so frustrating. <laughs> but uh, See, that's something, too. I also can't be, like, someone that's there all the time, like, on time. Right. Because it's just, like, give people time to set up. Give people time yeah. to, like, yeah. enjoy the party. Yeah. You're doing it for them. Yeah. That's I mean, I honestly. So she's considerate, people. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to make sure that we get there at the perfect time where everyone's like semi-drunk. So then when I get drunk really fast, they're not judging me. And then you sneak out. Yeah. You Irish goodbye it. All right. Um, vacation spot. Where would you take your future bay? Um, I'm not good at planning things at all. So I'm definitely one of those people that are just like, hey, we should go do this. You take care of it. Um, but I'm recently like really into like, uh, camping. I mean, I haven't gone, I'm saying that I'm recently into it, but I've never done it, but <laughs> I want to go. So I feel like if I was going to go somewhere, it would be something like that. Um, or Vegas. I feel like every time I go to Vegas, it's fun. It's always a good time. It yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. So that's always like a surefire win. Yeah. So probably there. Pretty much you're open to anything because you just gave us the two ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Like, city life. Go do outdoorsy things. Mm-hmm. And yes. Yeah. City life. Yeah, so don't try know. to take me on a hike because <laughs> I'm just not about it. Like I love people that are like really like active and stuff, yeah. but it's just not for me. Yeah. I would rather like stick my head in the toilet than have to go on a hike. Or <laughs> And you're being honest. So that's terrible. great. So no hikes outdoors is cool. Yeah. Do you want kids? uh eventually yeah I'm not you know pushing for them right away um my dog's a lot to handle and I feel like if I'm ever in the mood where like I want to be around kids I have my nieces and my nephews so I'm fine would you be okay with dating somebody that has kids I was actually just telling Tori this I at first was saying no like I've never dated anybody that had a kid and I think the thing that stops me is like crazy baby mama stories because mm-hmm. I'm just not. I'll do it. Yeah, I'm not a confrontational person. 
I can't fight, so I know I'd get my ass kicked. <laughs> and I just don't want to put myself in that situation. But then at the same time, I feel like I'm closing myself off mm-hmm. to, you know, somebody great just because, you know, they have a kid. So right now, yes, I would. But the minute I get a sense of, like, you're dealing with too much that I can handle. Baggage. Yeah. Because yeah. I have no problem, like, you know, befriending someone's child. Right. It's not an issue. But it's just dealing with all that extra stuff that I don't feel like I'm equipped to handle. Yeah. So, and I know some people who are like, oh, yeah, I had to fight, so like, my man's baby mama and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I can't do that. Like, no. what am I going to say? You don't want <laughs> what that What am I going to tell her? If I could beat your ass, I would. But I can't, <laughs> so please. <laughs> okay, so this is another scenario. Okay. You're probably going to laugh. <laughs> Grizel came up with this one. I came up with this one, and I left it open for a reason. Yeah, I she did. I want to see how people think. Yes. Okay. Okay. You're snowed in with your date. What do you do to pass the time? <laughs> to pass the time? Okay. Well, freak out. Let myself calm down. Um, I mean, duh, sexy time, because why not? You know what I mean? <laughs> But then, like, depending on how long that lasts, what is that, like, at most, maybe, like, an hour? Be gracious. An hour, right? Yeah. I'm being wishful. I'm being wishful. (laughs) Two minutes is okay. I'm totally fine with that. Throwing that out there. Now what? Yeah. Board games. Um, Okay, no, I love board games. So probably board games. I'm uh, into puzzles. I have a thousand-piece puzzle, so let me know. I will bring that. Um... (laughs) To the date? Yeah, I'll, re- I'll literally, from here on out, I'm just going to keep it in my card, just just in case the moment arises, and I can be like, do you want to puzzle with me? Um, you hear that, guys? She's ready. Yeah. Puzzle I keep it, and I chill. Keep it, I, <laughs> I am always ready. I'm always excited to do puzzles. Um, Let me see. Drink, get drunk, blackout, and then I lose track of time. Wake um, up, snow's gone. I know. Whoever ends up with me, they have to take care of me. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm fine. I'm fine with pretty much anything. Just don't make me look stupid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. don't be like, oh, my God, let's throw tomatoes at you. I would do it, but I'd be mad. Tomato, tomato, tomato. <laughs> yeah. So there's food in your date's teeth. Do you tell them? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> so... I feel like it's super rude to not say anything. And I know people won't because they're like, oh, it's embarrassing. Like, I'm going to embarrass them. And I just, I feel so bad. If I had stuff in my teeth, you're going to be embarrassed for like, what, all of two Two seconds? seconds? Yeah. But if I let them walk around with food in their teeth, they're walking around not only looking dumb themselves, but I look dumb because I'm with somebody that has food in their teeth. True. And... I, I respect myself too much. Like I respect I myself too much to go through that. You're almost making me change my mind. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just how you say it too. Like you're not going to go up to somebody and be like, oh my God, disgusting. Clean your teeth. You know what I mean? Right. It's just like, hey, you have yeah. a little something right there. That's it. Question. Did you? Did somebody ever like put you on blast or did something like Are you like, traumatized? Is yeah. that what it is? Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think okay. so. It was Jeff. Honestly. It's a trigger for me. <laughs> um, he has no problem traumatizing yeah. me. I don't think he has a problem traumatizing you either. Uh, I know. So, so I don't know where that came about. But how family oriented are you? Is that the word? Oriented. Oh, yeah. How family oriented. Am I saying it right? 
Go, you How important is family to you? <laughs> I'm clearly not one that is. Go ahead and ask that. You can ask. <laughs> no, I want to hear you say it again. Orientated. <laughs> oriented. <How> family oriented. <laughs> oriented. Not edited. <laughs> Oriented, uh, no. Oriented. Oh. <laughs> mm. Oriented. Mm. There you go. Great question. <laughs> <laughs> I am very family oriented because I have. She can say oriented. Yeah. <laughs> I have four brothers and a little sister, and um. They're kind of like my whole life right now. You know what I mean? And I love my nieces, my mom, my dad. I'm going through the list. My uncles. You know what I mean? <laughs> my yeah, everybody, my grandma. <laughs> um, yeah, and I feel like we're all super close. We all grew up really close. Um, I have a twin brother, so it's just, you know, when I can't talk to him, I will. I'm making it sound like we're so nice to each other. He hates me. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, what do you call it? Um, yeah, family is super important to me, and I would like to be with somebody who's, you know, close to their family. Um, no mama's boys. I, I feel like that's all I date is mama's boys, and I'm ready to, like, find something different. Like, I want a good relationship with your mom. Don't get me crazy. But, but you like, also want a man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good like, one. I'm glad you said that. No, it's so bad. One time I had this guy I was seeing for a while and asked me if his mom could come to the movies with me and if I'd buy her ticket. And I was like, oh. Bye. I was like, <laughs> sure. I was like, sure. Why not? I was so mad the whole movie. Why don't you take my ticket? Yeah. I'm going to go home. <laughs> you can have a cute little It was fine. Mom. She bought snacks. It was okay. <laughs> so you went? Yeah. I had already bought our two tickets. I would have blocked immediately. Oh, that's nice. Do you have any jokes? <laughs> Do I have any jokes? Um, If not, it's fine. But I'm trying to think. I don't know. I don't know anything. Like, I'm more, I feel like I'm funny on person. Like, no, you are. In the moment, I'm not, like, ha-ha funny. It's just more like. You're witty. Yeah. I don't know why I asked that. Nobody ever has jokes. <laughs> we can yeah, say that. If I maybe. ever find one, if. If I figure out one, I'll call you and, and tell you and tell me if it's <laughs> a winner. Yeah, I'll know. save it. I'll save it for the date. We'll, we'll have a, a joke day, I guess. Yeah, we yeah, can do that. That'd be fun. <laughs> oh, my God. Do it for April Fool's. Okay. Ooh, good idea. We'll do that. Um, okay. Well, that's pretty much all the questions we have. I mean, do you want to say anything to the fellas out there that might be listening? Um... If you DM me, be nice to me. <laughs> I love pickup lines. Um... Remember, I have a lot of brothers, so don't say anything rude and disrespectful because not that they'll do anything, but they'll just make fun of me for it. <laughs> so please be mindful. Um, Whatever you send me, I am sending to my friend's group chat. <laughs> you will go through an and interview. Come in preparing to love my dog. That's okay, it. Cool. And then your Instagram? Oh, my Instagram is the Museum of Laura. Laura spelled L-O-R-A, because I'm different, and no spaces, and that's it. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So if you guys are interested in Laura, please be sure to DM her. Be nice about it. Send her a doggy <laughs> picture. Win her heart over. And thank you. Thanks. Thanks. I better find love. I better find love. <laughs>
Okay, guys, we wanted to present our new segment prior to getting into this topic because it is going to be a more sensitive topic. Um, and it would, I just felt like it would be a weird transition to have this at the end. Um, so this week's topic is about addiction. Um, and instead of bombarding you with all sorts of stats and research on this first episode, because it does seem like we have enough material to create two or three, which we are going to actually create multiple episodes um, regarding this topic, we wanted to at first bring you firsthand stories of people who currently or at one point struggled with some sort of addiction um, so I guess we'll start with the listener write-ins, um, and then shortly after that, you'll hear from people that we interviewed firsthand. Um, you'll hear these stories in their words, and we're not really going to have much of a discussion at the end of this episode. We're going to wait until the final segment Um So maybe after the second episode or third, depending if we have that much material for for this topic. Um, So let's just jump right in. Okay, guys, so we're going to read a few listener write-ins. We do want to give a trigger warning because it does contain self-harm. Okay, so the first write in here, I'm not going to say her name because I'm not sure if she wants us to, due to the person is no longer here on this earth and someone I truly hold close to my heart, but this is my story, someone on the other side of this. Okay, so basically she's saying this isn't about her addiction story, it's about being a person that um, loves a person that's going through the struggles of addiction. Okay. Um, So here we go. (laughs) I was about 24 when me and this person got together. I knew him way back in the punk scene (laughs) and we rekindled our relationship after so many years. At first it was fun. We would drink, go to bars, you know, the usual thing you do when you first date. Mind you, I'm also a mother, so I was limited to when I can go out as well. So when we did, we had a blast until it got to the point where I got concerned. So I was living apart from him at this time when he called me super drunk. As some of us know, addiction triggers that mental state in your mind. So when he called me, he was really depressed and took some pills and tried to overdose on them. I really got worried. This all happened around 10 at night. I asked my cousin to watch my kids so I can go be with him. Lucky enough, he threw everything he had in his stomach up. A couple of days, I, call, I called one of his best friends. Okay, so a couple of days later, she called one of his best friends to gather a bunch of his closest friends to set up an intervention. After that intervention, he was going to AA meetings and doing well, but I noticed he would get triggered fast, which is normal. We started having problems in our relationship, and that turned him to drinking again to cope with the problems. That also turned me into drink as well, more than usual. I felt like I was condoning him drinking and using drugs because we would go out with friends. That would end up happening. 
I don't want to make myself sound like a saint, but I did have my flaws as well. There was another incident where I thought I lost him. We got into an argument at his house in the middle of the night. I told him I was going to bed and he wanted to keep drinking so he would go into the garage like he normally would. I remember him texting me to go outside, but I was being stubborn and didn't want to fight, so I ignored him. He had music blasting in the garage. This was around 12 in the morning. I believe I noticed he was texting he wasn't texting anymore, so I went to go check up on him thinking he passed out. When I walked into the garage, as soon as I turned the corner, I see him hanging from a rope. I scream his name trying to pull him up. I was calling for help. I had no choice but to run inside to get his grandpa to come and help me. As we got him down, his grandpa, Lucky, got him to breathe, but he was still unconscious. We called the paramedics and they took him to the hospital. There, he was in a coma for three days. I took time off of work to stay with him there. I would never get that image out of my head and I haven't played that song of that band that was bumping. After the incident, the hospital had people helping him to get help. They got him into a rehab facility for three months and get him into AA meetings after. I also went to Al-Anon meetings as well. For those who don't know, it's meetings to help those who have been affected by drinking. After those three months, we broke up. I felt like I needed to get help as well so I can also be a better me because during that time, I noticed a change in myself. We were on and off for three years. I always tried to keep him close because I didn't want him to hurt himself. Again, I felt like it was my job to save him. So we got back together, got an apartment at the Grove. It was nice. We were at a good place in our relationship until he lost his job and I had to work harder to pay for the bills and rent. He would help out, but the drinking and drinks started taking over again. That's when I had to kick him out and take him off the lease. I felt if I continued to do this, not only I would be affected again, my kids as well. That was the end of our relationship. After a year being broken up, we started talking again. We've always had a close friendship. More than anything, one night I got I had a crazy dream where me and him were at a party, which I didn't want to go, but he dragged me anyways. I remember in my dream being so mad at him. So I left and I seen him doing coke, slouched on a chair with his eyes closed and I woke up. I remember that same day I went to work and got a text from my friend asking me if I was okay and if I heard from that someone. I told him no, he was he hasn't called me. Turned out he overdosed that morning. I cried for days, weeks, crying because I felt like I wasn't there for him. I blamed myself for everything, wish I did things different, so it took me a while to get over this. Me telling my story helped me cope with this tragedy. It's a scary disease and I hope people can overcome. I hope by me telling my story, I will help those who have been affected and those who have this disease that they have so many people that love them. Thank you. And sorry if my story was super long. (laughs) Well, first of all, girl, thank you 
for taking the time to actually write this. We are also talking about this topic in hopes that it helps somebody. So um, it we appreciate that you wrote in. Um, like I said before on this podcast, not that me and Tori are saints or anything, but mm-hmm. we don't really struggle with any kind of addiction. So we really appreciate the people that reached out and told us their stories, even if it's, you know, a secondhand like this, because when you are struggling with addiction, it's not only you that's struggling, it's the people around you, the people who love you as well. And we hope that you do, we hope that you have found your peace from this. Um, I'm sure it's not easy, you know, and um, we're sorry that you had to revisit it to share, but I I do feel like somebody out there is resonating with you and um, thank you for sharing. You're very brave for that. Yeah. And it just goes to show you, I mean, her story, I I guess the part that really got me was that this isn't um, an isolated incident with just drug use, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's other issues that are obviously still happening because there's mentions of previous attempts of suicide. Drug use is obviously just a symptom of, I think, a a few other issues that may be Mental illness. Yeah. So what part resonated with you? Um, I know how it feels to love somebody who's been an addict, and um, I'm not going to mention as far as who, but it definitely sucks um, because you want the best for them, and you can't carry all of that on yourself. You can't put that burden on yourself that you're going to make them better or you're going to fix what's wrong with them. Um, So I hope you don't carry that because it is their own pain that they're, their own pain and their own demons, I feel, that they're fighting, you know, they're battling. And it's, it's really unfortunate when the battle is lost. But the positive of it is that they found their peace it's unfortunate that it was under the circumstances it was and that you got left with the trauma of it. But um, your story is here and it's yours to tell. I think I'm not going to be corny and say it made you stronger, but I do believe you are a strong human being and you're here to tell your story on this podcast. In hopes that somebody else could benefit from it. So thank you again. Thank you for writing in. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and read the next listener right in. It says, I'm not sure if I'm a person to listen to about your next subject, considering some of my vices, but if it helps with your content, I can do my best. Nowadays, I've been really busy. I've tried to make it a point to occupy myself as much as possible because too much free time makes me want to fall back into old ways in some regard. I was a meth addict from my late teens into my early 20s to the point where I have scars across my body that won't let me forget. I loved it. The high was incredible. I felt absolutely indestructible and could do no wrong. So I couch surfed and robbed from whoever could take me in. If you had equipment, it was gone. This eventually led to me facing seven years in prison for violent theft. On a side note, I later found out that doing copious amounts of drugs like that at a young age will stunt your maturity. It must have been that stint in West Valley that really took me away from meth. I did it a few times even afterwards, but seeing how fucked up those dudes were in the tank and looking at a judge got me in a strange way. I don't know. Up until a few years ago, my ears would still perk whenever the subject of meth would come up, but I would leave pretty quickly before entertaining the notion. Again, I'm still working on myself in a lot of ways, so I share this only if it can help in some capacity. Thank you for sharing. 
Yes, thank you for sharing. Um, I feel like this listener write-in um, touches on a very important thing, something that you're going to be seeing throughout the episode tonight, which is um, for a lot of these people dealing with addictions, they have to really sometimes hit rock bottom or come up on drastic measures that I, I don't want to say wake them up, right? Because I'm sure a lot of these people knew about their problems, but it really takes something drastic sometimes for them to actually seek help. It's like their own versions of rock bottom and they're all different, you know, but. Right. Um, there's a lot of similar topics that you're going to also hear. So we just want to give a trigger warning uh, to let you know that there's mentions of suicide, self-harm, um, we're also going to be discussing a little bit about mental illness, but in reality, um, we're going to push an episode out about mental illness uh, later on, hopefully next month. Um, so stay tuned for that. But with that said, um, let's jump into it. So we're sitting here with Mike Vomit of Intentional Overdose. First of all, thank you for doing this. Um, we really wanted to get you out here because like how we were talking earlier is me and Tori don't really struggle with this. And so we didn't want to speak out of our asses. Yeah. <laughs> we really want to get uh, firsthand perspectives about the true struggles that everything that you've dealt with, yeah. you know, that goes into addiction. And so I'm just going to give you the floor. Go ahead and. My whole life story? Yeah, your whole <laughs> life story. I was born June 23rd, 1995. No, I will skip that part. <laughs> um, so I probably started smoking weed when I was like 13. Really wasn't feeling it. It was like, whatever. You know, I'd be drinking wine at my friend's garage and smoking weed. And I always felt like I wanted something a little more. Okay. So I jumped the gun, went straight from weed, smoking crystal meth at 15 years old. First time I hit the pookie, I was at a park bench with my friend. Showed me how to do it. Um, and from there, fell in love. How old yeah. were you? I was 15 years old. Wow. Yeah. You feel like you could see for miles and you could move mountains and everything like that. But, you know, 12 hours after that, you're crashing down and you feel like death and you want to kill yourself, you know? So wow. it's, it's it has its ups and downs. Okay. So you went from weed to crystal meth to, is there something else that you? Cocaine, um, Nas. Um, Computer cleaner, basically anything that wasn't heroin, anything I could get my hands on, I've tried it. I've anything it. that could get you hot. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So what was really um, the point where you didn't think like, wow, this is the best thing ever and it started, you know, taking a turn for the worse? Um, honestly, I was pretty on top of it. I would take showers. I would force myself to sleep and eat. Um, it probably wasn't until I moved to Colorado. I was probably like 23. Um, you know, shit went down there. I moved out with my ex. Um, you know, we had a rough time out there. We came back and then I started using daily. I used to, you know, buy two to three grams a day um, and just get high all the time with my friends. Um, and then we ended. Me and my ex broke up. Um, and from there, I killed myself on October 31st, I believe 2015, 20, around that time. You know, so from there, that that's kind of where... It was like, okay, maybe I, I need to, 
you know, get a handle on this stuff, you know? Yeah. What do you mean by kill yourself? Uh, I drove to, there's a Target in Pomona or, yeah, around that area. I drove out there. I took a handful of pills and I just slept in my, in my car. So it was intentional. Yeah. Intention, it was an intentional overdose. Shout out my band. <laughs> oh, I got it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um, so you mentioned that you were pretty on top of this kind of thing. Like, what do you think um, is the hardest part about, I guess, maintaining that mm -hmm. normalcy when you're on addiction? Um, your mind. You have to be on top of your mind. You have to, like I said, you have to take breaks and close your eyes and not move for like 30 minute intervals. Um, because if you're up 24 hours, you know, you're, you're, your senses start to lose out on you. You start seeing things that aren't there, hearing things that aren't there. And it really takes a toll on you. So I think you have to be on top of your mind for sure. Do you think a lot of people struggle with that, that are on drugs? Yeah, definitely. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, like I said, I've never saw myself as an addict before. Um, never thought of myself as a, a junkie or a scumbag. Um, it wasn't until I let it slip where I, I dove headfirst into the drugs and, you know, I let them take over me. You lost control, basically. Yeah. And so how long was this journey for you? Um, well, I think, okay, so I, I think I came back from Colorado, I want to say around 2015, around that time, or, you know, like 2016, so in 2017, around there. Um, and then I've been using since 15, but I started using more hardcore, you know, more, uh, I upped the doses and I would use more frequently. Um, and then from there, I still had a handle on it. Like I still could drive places. I would drive everywhere. But it wasn't until after I killed myself where I started messing around with cocaine and more crystal, where I'd be up for like three, five days straight, you know, no food, no shower, nothing. And just driving around Pomona, driving to East LA, swerving out for people, you know, swerving out of the road for people that weren't there. And I think mm -hmm. that's when I, I kind of lost it, you know. And so do you want to explain for people what a typical day on drugs was like for you? All right. Well, first of all, you don't wake up. You're already awake you know if, if you were using you've been up from the night before um and honestly every waking moment as an addict is thinking about your next high thinking about you know i need to go collect cans i need to go you know steal a catalytic converter i need to go do these things to make money so i could afford my next high you know i apologize no, um, <laughs> but yeah it was just about getting high and you know you don't think about your family you don't think about sleep um you know, you re very rarely think about the people you love and you definitely don't think about yourself, you know? Yeah. Um, so I guess, I mean, you told us what the turning point was where it wasn't fun yeah. anymore, but where was it where you really said, you know what, let me do something about this. And uh, what did you yeah. do? Okay. So honestly, it was probably, I think I've been sober for about a year and a half already. Oh, so yeah, thank you. So before <laughs> then, um, I was living at a lot for my band. A lot of my band members moved out. They had to go to their own place. So I had this room by myself, this huge room by myself. And I love doing drugs. There's nothing in the more, nothing in the world that I love more than drugs. You know, so I saw that as an opportunity to, I could just rack up lines, however many I want. I could do as many bowls as I want, smoke as much as I want. And that. Nobody there to judge you. Yeah. No one's there to talk to me or like, no one's looking at me funny except for the shadow people in my head, you yeah. know? Um, but I, I, all I was doing was getting high. I was inviting people over to get high. We would rent out hotels and get high in them. Um, and after time where, you know, you go so many days without sleep, you know, you start hearing things, seeing things. And from there, that that's when 
actually, you know what? I it was one day. I think I picked up three grams of cocaine the day before. Um, so probably like two or three days later, um, I was laying down on my drummer, not with my drummer, but my drummer was on his separate bed. I was on my own bed. You know, we were, tendencies. Yeah, it's yeah. Okay. Was, <laughs> you know, we were far apart from each other, but I was just laying there, and he was trying to go to sleep because he had work the next morning. And I was feeling my heartbeat in my in my body, and it was super slow. And I had blankets over me, and it was really cold, and my breath was really shallow. And then I I woke him up, or I think he was awake, and I told him, "Dude, I think this is it. I think this is my last day here." And he was like, "Nah, shut up. You're not. You know, you're not dying, dude. You can't die. You're Mike Vomit." Um, and then I told him, "Like, hey, if I wake up tomorrow, we're gonna get Manuel." <laughs> You know, and I woke up the next oh, day, I, I got Manuel for us. And then from there, that's when I was like, you know, I'm going to seek help for my mental health and, you know, get on top of everything because it, it, I don't want to. Honestly, I do want to die. I do want to kill myself, but I want it to be on my own terms. I don't want to die from an overdose. I, I want to be the one that pulls the trigger. There's a lot there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we want to help people, right? So I told you earlier, she has a friend that is going to be on this episode, hopefully later on. Yeah. Um, and he's going to um, be able to help out those that we're interviewing today, but also people that just reach out to him mm -hmm. will provide his in information. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any questions for him? Because he deals with people that are going through the same yeah. kinds of mental health issues. And, and he also, um, he's going to tell his story. I mean, you're probably going to listen afterwards, but he also had, um, he had an encounter with trying to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. And um, he had to get 5150, so he does have an experience with that as yeah. well. So, I mean, even if it has something to do with, like, mental health, do you feel like if maybe you have any questions about it? or? Yeah, honestly, my only question is, does it ever get better? That's, that's it. a good one. You know, that's all I want to know, and does it ever get better? Yeah. So, we'll be sure to ask him that. Yeah. There, yeah. Because I'm sure he's gone through the same thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to say he's been sober around maybe two years. So your guys' journeys are not too far off. Um, so you said you've been sober. Um, how do you feel now? Do you feel any different as far as like, honestly, your priorities, maybe terrible. I feel terrible. I feel worse. I, I feel conflicted because, you know, inside of me, I want to do drugs. I, you know, I, I want to get high. Um, I feel like for the most part, I could get, you know, get it under, under me. Like I'm able to control it. Um, but I'm also feeling like, you know, society doesn't want me to be a drug addict. My family doesn't want me to be a drug addict. You know, there's people out there that see a drug addict and, and they see like a piece of shit or like a scumbag, which, you know, it, it's understandable, but, um, you know, so that, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Right. Well, we have a lot of friends and I'll be honest with you, a lot mm -hmm. of them are doing something, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. I see these people functioning on yeah. a day-to-day -day basis. They're able to go to work. They're able to take care of their children. They're able to do all sorts of things that is not scumbag, yeah. you know, related or whatever, you know? So I, I don't believe you're a scumbag. No, um, I don't believe people that are addicted to something. Are bad people yeah. at all. They just need help. Yeah, exactly. Um, and sometimes they need a better support system as well, yeah. you know, like better friends or a better environment, a home at home environment. Yeah. It's sometimes it's as easy as that. Sometimes it's not. And so you're like we said, you're not a bad person at all. Um, no, no. 
but you're you're doing good for yourself and just know that um you're on the right path and i know maybe sometimes it doesn't feel that way but you're here and now you're our friend so (laughs) yeah yeah. so it did open a door for you you know so and i hope it continues to keep opening doors for you i'm sure that there's a lot of people out there like i said earlier that are going through similar shit Mm -hmm. you're definitely not alone and you opening up alone right now is probably giving them the idea you know what Maybe there is a silver lining. Maybe, yeah. maybe there is something I could do for myself. You know what I mean? Well, I hope, I hope, yeah, I hope that's the truth. You know. Yeah. And we appreciate your honesty because you could have just been like, "Oh, life's better. I'm doing good." But yeah. you're, you're exactly, you're saying exactly how you feel. Yeah. And I think a lot of people fight that yeah. feeling of what you just said that it hasn't gotten better. That you're, you, you know, you're battling the in betweens of how do I feel? I'm clean, but I still don't feel better. Yeah. And. I mean, we do want to do like an episode on mental health too. We do. It's so up. it would be cool to have you back for that. Yeah, I'll drive another hour and a half. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we, maybe, can go we can go to you. We can go to you. Yeah. All of this is portable. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I guess so. One of the things that we posted, I don't know if I, if you saw our post because mm-hmm. I reached out to you directly. Yeah. But we posted a story. We wanted to get three different perspectives. Somebody that is currently on something, somebody that is wanting to better them and help themselves in mm-hmm. that way and mm-hmm. get over this, and then people that have um, been clean. So, in your opinion, I mean, you did it. You're still working on it, but you're been you've been sober for a year now. Yeah. Do you feel like um, there's a ter- certain time frame where you can be like, you know what? That's a past struggle. I don't mm-hmm. have to deal with that no more or is yeah. this an ongoing thing you know i've i've had some people say they're controversial i've had the same view since i was 15 years old once you're an addict you're always an addict until you die and the only reason that i say that is because there's always that opportunity or that chance that you might slip up and use again so for me there's never oh you're always recovering you're never i'm done you know i'm i'm not an addict anymore i'm clean i'm sober and that's it mm-hmm. you know so that, that's what I believe. I know it's controversial and people might not like it, but to me, that's the truth. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so what are some of the things that remind you? Like, you know what, what are what some I, of your like triggers? My or... triggers? Just yeah. hanging out with friends. Like right now I'm really like, you know, isolated. I don't really hang out with people. I don't go out except for playing shows. Um, like honestly, driving over here to Pomona, I used to get a lot of drugs out here. This is where I try to kill myself, like around through Pomona, you know? So mm-hmm. that, like, driving over here, it was like, oh, shit, if I take this exit, I could go pick up something, you know? Um, but just hanging out with my old friends or just sometimes listen to music um, or sometimes, honestly, it just comes in waves. Sometimes I'll just be sitting down and either I'll, I'll just get an idea or a thought and then I'll feel it in my body like I, I want it, I crave it, you know? So what are some of the things you tell yourself to stay away from it? Okay, so... My thing is, if you're a drug addict, this is, is going to tie in together. If you're a drug addict, you have to know where your stuff comes from. You cannot go out there and just pick it up off the park from someone you've never met. If you're going to be a drug addict, you have to be fucking smart or else you're going to get yourself killed. Right. So all my addicts, all my drug, I mean, all my dealers, all everything I know is Pomona is on this side. I live in East LA. The only thing stopping me from picking up is I don't want to sit in traffic for 30 minutes. Anymore. <laughs> that's you know, true. That's it. Yeah. Honestly, that's it. It's not about, I don't think about my family. I don't think about my myself or or my rats. I don't think about any of that. For me, it's, 
I don't want to sit in traffic for half an hour. You know, that's it. Right. It's it's crazy to me because when you said that, so the friends that I have, they drive out to East LA. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it just goes to show you, I guess, the links because sometimes you yeah. do have to sit in traffic, you know what yeah. I mean, for these kinds of things. Believe me, when, <laughs> when I was using, yeah, I was driving out here all the time. So when I'm in that state of mind of I'm already high, I need the drug, I need my next fix, mm -hmm. I'll drive to anywhere for it. Okay. But right now that I'm sober and I have a streak on me, one, I don't want to lose a streak because it's already a big number. It is. And then two, I'm sober, so I'm in like a better state of mind. So now I don't want to drive. I don't want to make you. You um. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Like you rationalize your decisions better. Yeah. Whereas yeah, before exactly. it'd be like, this is a dumb decision, but is it worth it? And now. Yeah. That makes sense. So, um, did you quit like cold turkey, or how yeah. did you decide to stop? Yeah, that that night that I thought I was gonna die, and I told my guitarist, "Hey, I'll get menudo tomorrow." For, since then, I've stopped. That Just shows your strong cold. willpower, because that's well, that's another thing. I cannot quit cigarettes. I've tried, okay. and I cannot. For the life of me, I cannot. Yeah. But I mean, cigarettes is not as bad. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, yeah, exactly. And, and cold turkey if, is. If a... I could quit crystal meth, which is up here, yeah. why shouldn't I be able to quit cigarettes? Oh, you I know? get you. That, that's how I think about yeah. it. Yeah. Do you feel like maybe it's just cigarettes could be just, just a comfort thing? Yeah, it, it's definitely like you know I'm sitting in traffic, I'll smoke, or I'm hanging out with friends and I'll smoke. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes I'll smoke a cigarette and I'll smoke another one right after. So it, it's definitely um, that I've done it for so long that it's just like repetitive, like motion. It's just yeah. without thinking, I do it. Yeah, it's just happening. Do you have anything you want to say with two people that may be struggling with an addiction? Um, I, I mean, I don't want to like bullshit anyone and tell them like it gets better because um, I'm not a successful no, success story tell myself. Tell them the truth, but you, you know, feel. but like, yeah. honestly, your friends aren't going to be up. Like, I don't want to talk shit about anyone, but your friends aren't going to help you. Your parents aren't going to help you. No one's going to fucking help you except yourself. Right. If you want to get yourself out of this fucking hole, you need to climb yourself out of it. You need to fucking, you know, reach out to mental health clinics or sobriety people or, or, you know, fucking NA. You need to do that shit yourself. You need to take accountability and responsibility for your own actions because you're a fucking adult, you know. And at one point, it becomes bullshit that, you know, you're, you're just stealing from people or, you know, using your own money to, like, buy drugs or and you're hurting yourself. So just, you know, do it for yourself. Dude. That's all. That's all okay. I can say. Mm -hmm. Those are really... Really good That's great advice. Yeah. Um, you mentioned clinics and NA and yeah. all these other organizations. Is there somebody that you reached out to? Um, for my mental health, <laughs> I reached out to Inky and Commerce, I believe. Um, and they also paired me with a drug counselor okay. right now. Um, so it took me a long time to find the right medication and the right people to talk to, which is going to happen. Um, but now I finally feel like I'm being heard and, and, you know, they're actually helping me out. That's all. So you said inky, inky in yeah, commerce. In commerce. Is this like a program, a social uh, program or? I, I, I think it's like a mental health institution. Like it's not okay. like you're not going to get 5150 or anything like that. Or, right. I mean, as far as I know, I haven't been, um, I, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure they take, um, you know, general like walk-ins. Yeah. Yeah. Just walk in, you know. Like call ahead and set an appointment if you want to, but you can just walk in and get information about, you know. Awesome. That's awesome. We're trying to get more resources as to where people can go if they need help yeah. because <clears throat> the people that we know it's they're obviously around us. And yeah. the inland empire is I mean it's vast, but it's not everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> we have LA, we have up north. And so if anybody has any um connections to resources where people could get help for this, please be sure to email us conceptualchaos at yahoo.com. 
Um, so thank you again. Yeah, thank for you for sharing. This thank and thank you for driving all the way yeah, yeah, yeah. from LA for it. us. Uh, <laughs> I was looking at the clock the whole time. I was like, I told him I'll be there at six. Like, what the fuck? Like, swerving in and out of traffic, and like, you know, I was no. thinking about taking that carpool lane, but I'm like, no, it's not worth it. <laughs> no, don't, don't do, do that. It. Don't it's not worth it. it. No. Yeah, I know, but thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. It was a good Likewise. fun time. Thank know. you for sharing. Mike Vomit? That's right. Wait, so how did you get that name? All right. <laughs> so before I was Mike Vomit, I listened to Paramore. I listened to My Chemical Romance. <laughs> I listened to the bangers, you know, the best music around. So you're right. going to that show, right? Where no, I going? don't have the fucking type of money for that. <laughs> I would love to. Um, so I was hanging out with my friend who listened to punk rock. Uh -huh. um, and I had long fucking hair. Um, we were at a party and we were drinking and I started throwing up and I heard someone saying, oh, Mike's vomiting, Mike's vomiting. <laughs> So in my head, I'm like, fuck yeah, Mike Vomit. That's it. You know? <laughs> That's me. And the next day I woke up, I shaved my head into a mohawk. And then since then, I've been Mike Vomit. Ty. No, you got to send us a mohawk picture. Yeah, I will. Okay. Yeah, we want to see it. <laughs> yeah. I do. Well, again, thank you for coming all this way. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, thank you for the honest words. Yeah, I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Thank you for having really me. Difficult. So, um, and send us your music because yeah, you're yeah. in the band. So yeah. that'd be great to hear, you know, what you got yeah, out there. Yeah, we'll network, we'll you know get in touch, keep in touch. Sounds good. Okay, so we have a special guest here. Um, he's a great friend of mine. And do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Justin, uh, Justin Hayes. And um, I'm an alcoholic. So we, we kind of brought some questions up for you here. Um, so we're going to go, do you want to go like back and forth? Yeah, or let's do that. Actually, first, do you want to tell us what you do? Yeah. Um, well, today I do, I do things a lot differently from, from right now I'm in school full time to get a degree for uh, behavioral science or behavioral health. Um, awesome. helping people, helping people in recovery or trying to get into recovery mm -hmm. with substance disorders and um, alcoholism as well as mental health disorders. And, um, I'm almost done with that. I, I have like a final left right now to complete, and then I have to do internship at a recovery-based uh, institution. Like uh, this place that I'm going to be doing it at is called Social Model Recovery here in Covina. Where I, and um, yeah, besides that, for work, I I manage two sober living in Covina. Also, um, for anonymity, I won't name the the sober living but um we have two houses or three houses actually two in Covina one in Pomona um I managed the one in Pomona for about a year when I first got sober and I've been in Covina since September of 2021 yeah can you tell us a little bit um about what sober living actually is yeah um that's basically it like a lot of people get this mis like this misconception between sober living and actually like living life 
I guess, quote unquote, sober. And I, I even hate to say the word sober. I like to say recovery, but mm-hmm. like the shit we do in sober living, all it is is just we provide a place for somebody to come that's safe, like safe as in there's no alcohol or drugs allowed, you know, so people, people could smoke, do whatever they want. They can't, I mean, you can't smoke weed, but, um, you know, vape, cigarettes, whatever, just can't drink in the house, can't use them in the house, obviously. The guys in my house, they're required to do uh, two meetings every day, like AA meetings. Okay. And we do them at a, uh, an Alano club down the street called the San Gabriel Valley Alano Club or the 502 Club. Um, we do meetings there. Um, the guys, we get guys come in, coming in like me when I came in. I basically burned every bridge down that I had. Um, nobody wanted anything to do with me. My family didn't want anything to do with me. My friends were embarrassed to be around me. And, you know, I came in with nothing and like literally nothing, just the clothes on my back. He has a house in Huntington Beach and his wife was going on vacation. She wanted, she didn't trust him at home. So she sent him to our house for 30 days. Okay. You know what I mean? Just to have somewhere safe to be because she doesn't trust him. So they don't fall into old habits basically while they're alone. Yeah, and I mean, it, me personally, that's kind of sad, but I mean, I don't know, not so much sad, but it's like, well, I would rather the guy stayed than go back because whatever they're doing over there obviously isn't working. Yeah. So I don't know, treat his own, but. And so yeah, can, you speak a, can you speak a little bit about like the services that you provide at these sober living facilities or, or houses? Um. Like I said, like the only thing we really provide in sober living is just a place to stay. There's there's different there's different places though, and we have to take care of ourselves, pay rent. We have to be fully self supporting in every aspect. Um, is um is anyone allowed in these sober living facilities, or do they have to go through some type of background or? No, um, we get guys that are straight off the street. Oh, okay. But, like if they're not drunk or high when they show up and they have no money, my boss today trusts me enough to let these guys in to try and get them enrolled in some programs that some, like, charities and stuff offer okay. to get their, their month, their rent paid for the month. Okay, cool. Yeah, that was actually my next question, if there's any kind of costs associated with these kinds of uh, sober living homes. Yeah, yeah, there's, um, people will say that People that own sober livings are in it for the money, which is true. My the owner of the sober living I'm at, that I work at, he, he's <clears throat> he charges the least amount out of anybody else in this area in the whole San Gabriel Valley area. It'll run you six hundred dollars a month to stay here, and that's the cheapest. There's other houses um, down the street, and they charge upwards to eight hundred dollars a month. Okay, and my. These, these rooms that you're going to be in are usually four men rooms and they're bunks. So you guys, you get guys fighting over the top bunk, bottom <laughs> bunk. It's, it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I thought that was just a kid thing. <laughs> Grown men like crying because they have to go on a top bunk. <laughs> so there's no assigned beds basically. No, like me, for instance, um, we, we got a different, I stepped down as house manager to 
focus more on schools, so we brought somebody else in to take my spot. I still manage the house, but I'm not running everything anymore. Okay. And so I had to move from having my own room, my own little office in there, to be in a four-man room again, which is fine. I don't really mind. I get a bottom bunk. And it's just it, was, it just cracks me up because, like, these guys are fighting over this and that. And I'm like, well, take a look at my room. I'm in a four-man. I go from running the house to a four-man room. Okay, so I have some questions here for you. Um, they kind of have something to do with, like, your past. Is that okay? Yeah, it's fine. Okay, so um, what do you think was the last straw that basically made you decide that you wanted to get clean from alcohol? Addiction, like addiction and alcoholism is a progressive disease. It gets worse over time. Mm -hmm. um, because, I mean, you could ask, you know, Jeff will tell you when, when I first started coming around. Like, I wasn't drinking as heavily and doing what I was doing at all i was still like working and had a girlfriend or whatever and was doing all this crap and i wasn't like sketchy to be around but it like i guess it i guess it was like me oh shit. i guess it was me like walking down the street with no, sh <clears throat> with no shoes on uh-huh okay yeah so, like my lowest point and i i don't i don't I haven't really told anybody this but like I started isolating a lot, so I'd be in my bedroom, and I wouldn't let anyone in there because I was embarrassed of how it looked. And I wasn't showering. I wasn't taking care of myself. My hygiene was terrible. I never wore shoes just because. So I'd walk everywhere barefoot. Ouch. I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't, and I, yeah, I ended up getting a gnarly, like, foot infection because of that. And I, I would just do stupid shit and end up in the hospital. And I don't know, it just, I guess it was that, well, it was a culmination of all that. And then one night I decided, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be alive anymore. And I got, I got this pen that was in my room and like, I stabbed myself with it in the chest. I stabbed myself with it in the chest. And then oh, I had like broken glass in my room. I started cutting myself all up. And, uh, I don't were know you why, under the influence when you did this? Yeah, I was, I was fucking hammered. Okay. I was drinking 30 pack a day and whatever else I can get my hands on. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what it was. I decided to. You might have. I think I you mean, were. I think you were posting stuff, and I was like, "Are you okay?" Like I was starting to get worried about you. And yeah, then and it, it, I, it was a trip. Because uh, what's her name? Um, I haven't seen her in years. I haven't spoke to her in years. And Marissa hit me up, and she's like, "What's your address?" I gave her my address, and she was there in like ten minutes. I remember you were telling me that she was on her way. Yeah, yeah, it was that night. And then I think you were trying to find humor in the situation because I don't, I don't know if you remember <laughs> this, but you were telling me that the nurse had a fat ass. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not funny, okay. but I think that was you trying to find humor in the situation. Yeah, I mean, I probably did say that. I, I don't know. You did. <laughs> you did say that. <laughs> Well, I know. I I just know that like she came and like essentially saved my life. And she did. The yeah. Next day, the next day, I woke up and I was fucking. Excuse me. I was uh strapped to a gurney in the hospital, and I couldn't move. And I, first thing I thought was, how the hell did they get me on here? Because I'm not the smallest person. And second, I'm like, okay, where am I going? And they put me in the back of the ambulance and took me to a. Uh, some place in Alhambra 
and put me on a 5150 hold. I know. Okay. I know. I think yeah. I know what place you're talking about. Um, I don't remember what it's called either, but I know where it's at. So what do you think oh. are some things that could be triggering for you today? Um, or do you get triggered or do you feel like you try no. to just avoid your triggers as much as possible? No, I feel, I feel like, uh, the word trigger in itself is like a word that was came up with for people that are in, um, like rehabs and like programs and stuff like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's completely fine. Mm -hmm. Whatever helps helps. Um, for me personally, I, I never went through like a detox or anything like that. I came straight off the street to the 5150 to the sober living. So you went kind of cold Turkey basically. A little bit. I just needed, I needed the 5150 so I could detox off the alcohol. Okay. You know, if you could die off of alcohol withdrawal. And how long did they hold you there for 5150? Um, I was there four days. Wow. Okay. And they don't let you go until they think you're all right. They release you to someone, right? Yeah, they released me to my dad. And it was funny because when he picked me up, he was drunk. So. Yeesh. Yeah, so it, it was all bad, but yeah, like I said, the triggers, I don't, I think I'm far enough removed from being physically dependent on alcohol and mentally obsessed with alcohol to where I don't have triggers. Like I've, I've been around friends and they've been drinking and smoking weed and, you know, doing their little key bumps and shit. And I don't get bothered by it. When so I, you're past. You know, well, that's good that you're past that. So would you say you are recovered? No, not at all. Cause I'm still, I mean, even though I have a little bit of time away from alcohol and drugs, I see people all the time. You know, I just got back from a, a meeting right now from five to six mm -hmm. and there was somebody in there that had 25 years sober and she just recently relapsed. So it's like, I hear those horror stories. And I'm like, fuck, I don't want that to be me. Yeah. But I've learned, I've learned enough being sober and through, you know, the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous that I could do this one day at a time. Right. And uh, that's like the easiest slogan or whatever AA has. Like, and I'm not trying to promote AA or anything like that. I'm just saying that's what helped me. The reason I asked that is because we had somebody on the other day telling us their story and, um, we asked him the same question. Do you feel like you've recovered? I think he had been off of drugs for a year and a few months. And he told us that he doesn't think that word um, ever really applies to addicts. He says he's clean up until the next point he, fu he fucks up. So essentially, I wanted to get your take on that. I don't know. Well, I mean, if, if you're clean until the next time you fuck up, that's kind of foreshadowing your future right there i would think like you're you already have thoughts of it i think um, also he he kind of meant to that he he kind of meant to also <laughs> that he um that you're gonna always be battling this not as in like you relapse but like this is going to be a constant battle for you for the rest of your life because you don't want to relapse right. also you know yeah i mean I'm not gonna lie, a beer does sound good every now and then. I'll I'd be fucking lying if I, you know, didn't uh, fantasize about it sometimes. I, I, I 
take, you know, suggestions from um, other people that are sober that I have a lot of time. And they always tell me to play the tape, like play the tape through. Yeah. And that means like, imagine yourself doing it and where it would take you. Because for me, not everybody drank like me, not to like make, make me seem all egotistical, but I drank kind of like to die because I was unhappy with myself and I have really low self-esteem and self-worth. So I just figured I would be better off dead. Some other people aren't like that. Some people could take it or leave it, like drink a tall can or two mm-hmm. and be good the rest of the night. Me, if I fucking open a beer and I drink it, I'm going to drink until I drink all my shit, all your shit, you know. So the guy that we interviewed before, his name is Mike. Um, he, we asked him if he had any questions for you, and I thought it would just be kind of cool to, you know, pass this along. We're gonna ask you to ask a question for the next person, but um, he, his question to you was, "Does it get better?" Yeah, it does. But the sad, the, the sad thing is, it absolutely does get better, but. You have to be willing to do it. No one's going to hold your fucking hand. No one's going to, you know, sugarcoat shit. When I help these guys that are in the house, I, I'm brutally fucking honest. Mm-hmm. And it rubs them the wrong way. But it's what I, they need to hear, right? It's exactly what they need to hear because it sounds stupid, but I, I get on their ass if they don't make their fucking bed. Like, if your bed's not made and you're living in this house then you're not ready to be sober. You're still ungrateful. Like, when I came in, I was dying. You know, I didn't have, I didn't have mommy and daddy, you know, drop me off in their fucking brand new car and pay my rent for six months in advance. Yeah. I had to figure it out. My grandpa helped me for the first, I think, month or two. Mm-hmm. And after that, I, was, I had to figure it out, which is exactly what I needed. But, yeah, it does get better. I mean, shit you see the physical evidence of me just posting on instagram like how my life has changed yeah you look great by the way i wanted to tell you that thank you um, and like you know like i have teeth again <laughs> <laughs> you sure do <laughs> yeah like i fucking I, I lost my teeth in my addiction you know and it, it, it's funny now i can laugh at it now but I was like, fuck, I was really roaming around with no teeth in my head. For a while you were. <laughs> yeah, for a while. I'm fucking sexy and shit, trying to get girls. <laughs> now you got uh, those pearly whites. <laughs> yeah, now I got fucking brand new pearly whites. I still don't got the girls, but. It's okay, those whatever. will come. <laughs> um. So what, I guess, I mean, you kind of said what you, you kind of said a little bit of advice, but I mean, what other advice do you have some, for somebody that wants to get clean? For me, I, I had to be broken enough to want to change. Meaning like rock bottom or? Like some people's rock bottom are different than others. Mm -hmm. My rock bottom, you know was being waking up in a hospital strapped to a gurney on my way to a mental institution pretty much yeah and that's really strange coming from a guy like me because i'm i'm i guess better than that i know better than that um i grew up with a in a family of alcoholics and addicts so you would think i would know better but 
it just shows you how like insidious and shit that um, how addiction can be. It can sneak up on you and you're stuck. Yeah, it could really hit anybody, regardless of, you know. Everybody is different, though. I mean, yeah. I had, to, I had to learn that, too. Everybody is different. And to stop trying to compare how bad I was to other people, because just because their bottom wasn't as bad as mine doesn't mean they're just, like, they're worth to get sober like I am. Right. Like, they deserve a chance just as much as the next person. Everybody does it. That's what they're so basically, wanting. your advice would be for addiction, um, to take your addiction serious and to not compare it to someone else's struggles, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of accountability. I mean, you learn that when you stay sober, but you have to do a lot of soul searching when you're sober. Like, you find out a lot about yourself. And I didn't understand that at first. I blamed everybody else for why I had problems. And all my problems came from alcohol and drugs. And that but takes could, a lot to admit. I feel like a lot of people don't. Yeah. And a lot of it didn't even have to do with, any, uh, a lot of it didn't even have to do with alcohol or drugs. Like people trip out when I say that, like my biggest problem wasn't alcohol and drugs. My biggest problem was me because anytime anything went wrong in my life, I blamed the other person. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go fucking drink. That was but your that, answer. That was your solution for everything. Yeah, that was my solution for absolutely everything. But what's funny is it was also my solution for everything. Like, okay, Lakers won tonight. Let's go party. You know, this happened. Let's go party. It's a Wednesday night. Cool. Let's go party. It just becomes. It's quick to spiral because there's a lot of ups and downs in the light in this life, you know? Yeah. It's super easy to be bummed out about something and say, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to go grab a drink. Yeah. With the hardest, the hardest part is being able to get through shit life faces, or life throws at you. Mm-hmm. For me, my biggest struggle is to get through things today and learn how to get through things today without having to resort to hitting up, hitting up my connect or going to pick up some beer. It, that's really the hardest part. Like the first nine, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll say the first ninety days fucking suck for anybody that's trying to get clean or sober, or whatever. The first ninety days suck. If you kind of treat it like you're trying to quit smoking, I guess, or you're trying to quit a bad habit, you can do it. You just kind of gradually do less and less of it. I wouldn't suggest uh, stopping cold turkey at all because you can die from alcohol withdrawal. Okay, so I wanted to ask a question. Um, Is there any volunteer opportunities at these sober homes? As far as I know, there's not. Like, we don't have, like, random people come over and help us out. Like, we don't need help with anything, but right. there are people There are people out there, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people that come into the house do not have anything, mm-hmm. but nothing. So you guys take uh, donations? Yeah, we take donations. Um, a thing to donate, if anybody ever considered donating to a sober living, <laughs> well, first, don't bring dirty clothes. <laughs> right yeah i mean the goodwill doesn't even let you do that <laughs> the, the amount of times people have donated clothes and they ended up just being dirty and smelly i'm like oh god oh, man wash your but, clothes people before you donate <laughs> come on that was pretty fucking terrible but um <laughs> people always need like hygiene products like body wash a loofah um shampoo conditioner yeah, just basic necessities like that okay a towel I can't tell you how many towels I've given away. 
as far as like food and stuff, just like the basics, like the most common thing you'll probably find in sober living is soups, like top ramen, noodles. Like there's <laughs> there's some guys that will live off of that and nothing else for like a month. I'm down to I, live off that for I'll live off of that now. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good yeah, though. Like, like morning, morning, day, and night. Top ramen, so I'm like, God, that should drive me nuts. It's a lot of sodium. Because I mean, I had to do it too when I first got here. All the guys were like, everybody kind of takes care of each other in an aspect in the house. Like, mm-hmm. there's like kind of brotherhood. Like, nobody gets, nobody starves, and nobody, you know, goes without. I do it all the time. I have so much clothes and random like shoes and stuff. I just buy shit now because. I can, and I don't have to spend money on liquor anymore, but I'll buy stuff, and, like, I won't even wear it. I'll just give it to these new guys. Yeah. Like, a a guy came in last week, and, you know, I gave him a couple pairs of shoes, packs of socks, hygiene shit, all brand new, and, like, just shit like that. I'm like, there, you're, you know, you're set. And I'm like, you you got food? And he's like, no. I'm like, okay. I always buy the packs of the top ramen and stuff. Mm-hmm. I you come in the pack, but like I'll just shoot him a box. Like here, there's food. You got your clothes and shit. You're set. That's awesome. So if yeah. we if we wanted to um, collect donations, maybe to drop off, would that be okay? Or how would yeah. you suggest going about that? Well, it's me and one other guy that run the house, the houses. So um, if I tell him that that would happen, he, he wouldn't say anything. Okay. Awesome. So that might be something we could work out with you later on. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess the only other um, question I have is if, I don't know, maybe later you can provide us with some of the contacts to those other centers that you're talking about as far as like where people could get therapy or where they can go to AA meetings if they need to. It looks like you're pretty well informed um, about your community and we'd like to direct people to these services if we can. If you're looking for, like, a detox facility in the city of Pomona on Holt, right off the 71 freeway, there's a place called American Recovery Center. They offer you, if you have Medi-Cal, you can stay for up to four months for free. Um, They get you going back on your feet. There's other sober livings in Covina. One of them is called the Puente House. Um, For women, there's, there's a program in Pomona also called Prototypes. And there's another program in Covina for women called Stepping Stones. I'm not I'm not sure that what it takes to get into those places, but I know women that have gone through there. Other places in Covina would be like a Aurora Charter Oak for mental health type stuff. If you're going through it, if you feel like hurting yourself, you can go check in there, and they'll put you on a 72-hour hold. Just because you you check yourself in for 5150 doesn't make you a bad person or anything. It shows it shows me and shows others that you're willing to go out of your way to take care of your mental health, and that's fucking important. Definitely. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, for as far as like meetings and stuff like that, you could just as simple as just go on Google and just you know type in AA meeting in the city you're in. Right. And there, you know, there's another fellowship called Narcotics Anonymous. If if you slide more with drugs, you know, then you could look up that. Maybe, and I don't know, maybe you guys can link my Instagram to here or something. And, you know, I always, I'm always willing to talk to people. I'm always willing to message people. And, you know, if they need help, they could reach out. Okay. Um, 
Oh, cool. Okay. We'll definitely uh, give your Instagram if that's okay. Um, do you have a question for the next person um, that we're going to be recording? I just wanted to keep this going. Just. Um, well, what, what would the topic be? The same topic as this? Just yes. addiction in general. If you have a question that you might, you know, want an answer to. Hmm. Or you've wondered yourself or you feel like other people um, who are out there struggling with addiction or are in recovery, what kind of question do you think they would want to know? Well, one thing I always ask uh, new guys or even, even girls too, because there is a lot of women in recovery mm-hmm. and I definitely feel for them because fucking women go through hell out there when yeah. they're addicts. Um, I always ask the guys like, what is it about alcohol and drugs that is like, what is it doing for you? Besides, you know, giving you that buzz or whatever that high, give me evidence of how it benefits your life right now. If like, can you show me any evidence of your life improving because of drugs and alcohol? Yeah. Okay. We'll pass that along. Kind of the question based on that, like, you know what I mean? Is their life getting better because of alcohol and drugs or is it? You really just want them to reflect on, you know, what the issue is and how it really doesn't benefit them in any way. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Well, well, thank you so much for coming on here. We definitely appreciate it. And for answering all of our questions (laughs) and for being patient with us, because I know that this was a long time coming. Yeah. (laughs) That's all good. I work every day, basically, and I'm always at this house and there's always something going on. I'm actually sitting in my fucking car right now so I can get away from the guys so it could be quiet enough. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, we'll be in contact with you and we're going to go ahead and share Justin's social media links. So if you have any questions, you can go ahead and reach out to him. Thanks, thank you, Justin. Justin. No problem. Welcome to another session of Lyrical Locals. Today we're going to show you a band called The The After After Party. And The After Party is from Pomona, California. The members are Ivan, Jose, Selvin, and Eden. And they are looking to book shows soon after the release of their new seven-song EP that will be released uh, later this month or in early March. So look out for that. You can go ahead and follow them at Duh After Party on Instagram. And this is their song, Sober. Enjoy. Yes. 
that's all we have for this episode. But we want to say uh, thank you to all of our guests for coming on and speaking about their truths with this with this matter. Thank you to Mike Vomit and Justin Hayes. And thank you to our musical guests, The After Party. Um, we also wanted to throw out the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline in case anybody out there that's listening uh, needs help with this matter. You can call 1-800-273-8255. And also, um, we do want to make a part two to this episode. We got a lot of feedback and we are still looking for stories for the second segment of this. Um, if you or someone you know wants to share, just DM us on our Instagram at conceptual.chaos. We are also going to put together um, donations for some of these centers. You can find more information on that coming up on our Instagram, as well as some of the facilities. Um, if you are somebody that is trying to get clean, we're going to go ahead and share some of the facilities that our guests shared. So look out for those on that same post and on Facebook, as well as our Patreon. If you guys are interested in subscribing, follow the link to our Patreon at patreon.com slash conceptual chaos. And one of the tiers on the Patreon is actu actually has an option for you to choose a charity of your choice so that we can donate on your behalf. Um, for this month, we will probably post some of these facilities that were mentioned tonight. So you can make your pick and donate. But all in all, don't forget to keep it cool. Under chaos. Love ya. Bye.